Hey guys, I am at the Sheraton Grand Park Lane Hotel on the Piccadilly uh, with uh, Tony Sonic Middleton, a magician and theater producer um, who Hello. does a show here. Hello, Tony. How are you? Very good. How are you? I'm okay. And I just want to say thank you because I know we've been going back and forth trying to meet up. So thank you very much. No we problem had at some all. hiccups and some, <laughs> some speed bumps along the way, but here we are. So thank you. That's all right. Yes. And we are here because you do a show here. Yes, I do. I do a show here called The Magic Hour, which is, uh, been, well, it's been running about five years now, actually. It's been here about two years okay. in the wood panel drawing room, which has a sort of nice fireplace and it's, it's totally different to the other rooms. So you come into the palm court and then you go into this wood panel drawing room and you have an evening of Victorian uh, style magic. So I dress in white tie and tails. And I, well, it's actually what they call parlor magic, which is okay. somewhere be between close-up magic and stage magic. So um, parlor is uh, something that was popular around the turn of the century. Uh, you would hire a magician to come to your private house and they would do a show for you. So mm -hmm. it's a similar idea, okay. basically. Okay. Yeah. And I've seen your show a few times. Um, yes. You stumped me. <laughs> <laughs> You've done some things that have really wowed me. But um, how did you get into it? I started when I was about 10 years old, okay. uh, just doing, you know, card tricks when I was uh, getting into magic initially and reading little books here and there. And um, over time, the hobby turned into a job. Um, mm. So when I went to uni, I paid my way through my degree doing magic in bars and restaurants. I met other magicians who were doing quite well out of magic and they were kind enough to teach me uh, the ropes, as it were, uh, of the business of magic. So um, after that, I set up my own production company. I studied drama and theatre. So okay. um, I then decided to uh, specialise in producing my own shows, basically. Uh, yes. uh, it wasn't a, an immediate thing, though, to, to go, OK, I've, I've studied drama and theatre and I've also studied magic. Why don't I put the two together? It actually took me a while to work that out. It seems like a simple thing, really. But, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but now that I've been doing it for a while, it's, um, you know, it's, it's quite different and uh, it's, it's taken on its, its own thing and it's evolved over time. And yeah, no, it's, I How really long have it. you been doing it? Uh, professionally, I started, uh, well, it would have been 2006. So, yeah. It's over a decade now. Yeah, basically. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm. Shows stayed pretty much the same or is it always evolving? Well, I'm always making new stuff. Okay. Um, the Magic Hour has actually evolved quite a lot because it was originally an hour, hence the title. Right, yeah. <laughs> now it's nearly two hours. Oh, well, that is um, magic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but I, I don't want to take stuff out because the audience likes certain things. Like I do something in the show where I vanish someone's wedding ring it then appears inside a walnut inside an orange. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, I you know, remember that's that. That's one yeah. of the most popular ones. I have a fake seance at the end where we put the lights out and objects move without me touching them. Mm -hmm. and a name is mysteriously written on a slate. Um, so once you start putting stuff like that in, people come back to see those uh, specific right, yeah. routines. So you don't want to take them out because otherwise, you know, you upset the audience. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. So, and I mean... The way I see it or understand it is uh, with a magic show, we're just seeing the very tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And something like your wedding ring routine, that takes a lot of time and practice yep. and thought to go into something like that. Yeah. Right. So, Absolutely. I mean, so a two hour show, yep. a magic hour. Yeah. How much time do you think you've put into that to get it right and to just do whatever it is you do to stump people and hours and hours and hours them. yeah i mean each time i set up the show for the audience mm -hmm. it takes me four hours 
All right. Well, every time. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all the props. That, you wow. know, I have a list, set list that is just ginormous. Um, but when I walk on it, it shouldn't feel like it's a particularly prop-heavy show. No, not at all. No. But uh, the reality is, you're you know, it's like a duck swimming along with the feet going underneath. You know, mm, you're yeah. you're trying to sort of line up all these little uh, coincidences that will occur during the show, yeah. and they apparently are off the cuff, and um, you know, but really, it's it's all. So you're not gliding effortlessly. There's actually a lot of paddling going <laughs> Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And, well, just up the road, on the other side of the Piccadilly, you've got something new coming up. It's a really interesting project. Is it mm. possible to talk about that? Yes, it is. It's um, at the Meridian Hotel. Yes. And it's a magic-themed bar. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, such a thing does not exist yet in London. I don't know why. Um, is this a permanent thing or planned yes, to be permanent? Yes, yeah, it's okay, permanent. not a pop-up or anything? No, it's not a pop-up. Okay. Um, it's been rebranded as uh, Masculine and Cook. Okay. Uh, so Masculine and Cook were two uh, important producers of magic mm-hmm. on Piccadilly. They had a venue called Egyptian Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a building with an Egyptian-themed facade. Uh, it was originally a museum of old curiosities uh, called Bullock's Museum before that, actually. And upstairs, they had this magic theatre. And it was so successful that they ran for, I think it was nearly 30 years. Um, and they had some of the most important magicians of the time play that space. So it's a perfect uh, hook, really, for mm. the hotel, being okay. on Piccadilly as well, yeah, right, yeah. to try and make something that was you know, connecting with its local history. So I suggested that they draw upon Egyptian Hall and I was, you know, helping them to source posters from the British Library around the time of, you know, things they would have had on and playbills and even had things like, um, you know, a compliment slip mm-hmm. uh, that would have been found at the venue. So all sorts of things like that. And oh, cool. we've put those all over the walls. So it's, yeah, it's really interesting. It's, it's nice to actually have a space specifically for magic because most right. of the time when you see a magician, they're usually an add-on to something else. Like, a, you know, mm-hmm. if you're at a party yeah. or something like that, it's like, oh, great, we have a magician. But it's not the focus. Yeah. And everything I've tried to do is make the magic the heart of what it is. So people are coming to see that specifically. Okay. Well, I've... I'm quite good at making a cocktail vanish, but aside from that, what kind of tricks? And I mean, you, you show up there on a Thursday night, yeah. a Wednesday night, whatever. What can someone expect? Uh, okay, so they have close-up magic playing from 7.30 till 10 okay. on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, That's like card Saturday. tricks, sleight of hand. Yeah, it depends on the artist. So okay. I've managed the magicians um, in the bar, and we have a, a range of different magicians. We have you know people who are very good at um, contact juggling and um, sleight of hand, others who are card specialists. Um, so there's a whole range. And over time, I'm hoping to bring people in from abroad as well mm-hmm. so that we get specialist acts for a week and that sort of oh, thing. Really? Okay. Um, and the menu is actually all themed again around Egyptian horse. So all the cocktails have been uh, designed with the stories around you know, masculine and cook in mind. Okay. So, for example, one of the cocktails is called One Shilling, which is how much it would have cost to enter Egyptian Hall originally. Oh, right. okay. um, also, there's another one called Levitation, mm-hmm. because masculine was the first person ever to have uh, apparently levitated a woman. Really? Okay, yeah. wow. It yeah. was then subsequently stolen, the method, by somebody else. Um, but, yeah, so there's some really interesting history in there. And so as you read through the, the menu, uh, and that will all be illustrated uh, as well, so it will have nice illustrations for the cocktails and a bit of history there. So you, you'll really bring kind of lead on a journey when you go into the space. Oh, great. Okay. Um, yeah. And this area, I guess, around Mayfair, Soho, this really was, like, where so much of what we think of as a magic show and magicians and 
it all started around here, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the history is really right here, kind of where we're sitting almost, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you go back to, you know, turn of the century, the golden age of magic was in London and mm. it was bigger than Las Vegas was. Okay. So people think, you know, Las Vegas is, you know, the magic capital of the world, but right. back in 1900, mm. this was the place to be for magic shows. You know, you had uh, Houdini, Vanishing Elephant, at the Hippodrome in Leicester Square. You had acts like Chung Ling Su, uh, who got shots performing the bullet catch illusion at the Wood Green Empire. All right. Yeah. Um, so the golden age of magic was a big deal and mm-hmm. lasted for, you know, a reasonable amount of time. And so everything I kind of do, I suppose in a way, harks back to that kind of era because it's you can imagine what it might have been like and, and kind of embellish sure. it in your mind as well. So, yeah. And I guess even like someone, um, I'm spacing on names, there are some of the contemporary <laughs> magicians out there. They're all, whatever they're doing and however modern it feels it always seems to go back to that golden age i guess right yeah well nothing's new in magic you know so the oldest trick in the book is 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 exactly that it's it's found in the oldest magic books in you know that exist so the the first uh book in english was called the discovery of witchcraft it's actually a medieval book and it then explained various different things in there which we're still using today um, really? And, yeah, and some of the great Victorian magicians also created some amazing illusions, like Soaring a Woman in Half. That was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a Golden Age uh, creation. And, you know, people are doing versions of those tricks now, uh, and they're always inspired by what's gone before because, you know, you have to look somewhere. So, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, very interesting. Speaking of looking somewhere, you do other stuff too. You've got a show, what, on the Strand? Yeah, I have regularly? a show at Savoy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, at the Savoy? Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, it's actually Simpsons in the Strand, which is part of Savoy. Yes, right, um, okay. They've just uh, recently refurbished that. It's absolutely gorgeous upstairs. They have these um, really nice function rooms, and mm. we use those for that show. So, yeah, it's called Sleight of Hand on the Strand. Okay. It's me and another magician. Um, and we do half each, basically. Okay. And it's uh, a slightly more light-hearted show than The Magic Hour. The Magic Hour is a bit darker, a bit more world of the Christopher Nolan, sort of prestige sort of feel. Um, but this one's much more upbeat, 1920s, mm-hmm. uh, kind of referencing magic in Chicago and, and that sort of thing, and okay. card cheating. And So, yeah, but it's a great, fun show. Uh, something totally different for an evening out. That's what people like to come to us for is yeah, a sure. different evening in London. That's what I've enjoyed, yeah, a few times I've, I've gone with my girlfriend and it's just something different, it's fun, gives you something great to talk about, uh, it's, 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 it's cool, I, I'm surprised there's not more out there. <laughs> but um, while we're doing this, you've got something else new coming up? Yeah, on, no, on, I don't stop working. Show? <laughs> yeah, how do you... I, well, how do you, what's the magic trick where you find the time to do all this stuff? Yeah. I don't know. I've just had a son recently as well. Yes, so right, yeah. <laughs> I'm struggling to find time now. But well, Congratulations, um, yeah. Thank you. Uh, but yes, I have another show in January, which is with a magician, a uh, female magician who just fooled Penn and Teller. First female magician to fool Penn and Teller. All right, yeah. Um, she, although she wouldn't call herself a magician, she'd call herself a mentalist. Um, and so I've been working on a, a telepathy show uh, called Unfathomable. Mm. So, and it's inspired by um, a double act around the 1940s, 50s called the Piddingtons, who um, were very big in their day, and mm. they used to do things like one of them would go up into a plane and they'd, uh, they'd concentrate and the other would be in a radio station and someone would draw something and the person in the plane you know, would then reveal what it was. Um, so that's the kind of style of magic they used to do, very sort of, you know, British pathé, sort of, you know, pinstripe suits, right, yeah, clipped yeah. English kind of feel. Um, so it's it's sort of inspired by that, but also uh, a little bit of a journey of um, mental magic or mentalism from, you know, its beginnings, discovery of witchcraft, through to uh, 1940s, 50s, and then to present day as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, yeah, 
yeah, there's going to be a kind of interesting twist in the show, as I often try to do with some of the things I, I do, is try and okay. set people up to not realise a little something uh, right. along the way, which then helps to make more of an ending to the show. Uh, so it's, I, can't, I have to be very cryptic. But, uh, where, will, where will this be? <laughs> It'll actually be here. In okay, the, in at, the at the Park Lane. Okay. Yes. Park Lane, okay. And it, you make it sound like there's this real sort of network community of magicians. Is that very much the case? Yes, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's quite a small community, really. Um, there's not that many people, I suppose, who go into magic, and certainly not a lot of people who do it professionally and full-time. Right. Um, so we all tend to know each other a little okay. bit. Um, no backstabbing. Oh, there's plenty of that. Oh, everyone, yeah, okay. everyone hates each other as well. <laughs> Lots of injury. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, no, I think it's, um, you know, you're just aware of everyone else around you, aren't mm. you? So you're always sort of trying to be a step ahead of the competition, as it were. Right, yeah. um, but I think I've always just tried to follow my heart in terms of what I want to make. You know, okay. if I think, well, oh, that sounds an interesting idea, then I'll invest in the idea and, and do it. Um, but yeah, I think that's... Uh, that's the way I like to approach things, really, because you never know if something's going to be successful or not. Um, and luckily, of course, you know most of the things so far have been really great for me. But it's uh, it's just doing something that you enjoy. I think yeah. it's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. So this is gonna this episode is gonna go live at the very beginning of December. Okay. So folks looking for things to do around Christmas time. Yep. Um, What's, what's your schedule like for the next okay. couple of weeks, few weeks? We have uh, Slight Pound on the Strand on the 8th of December. Okay. It's nearly sold out, though. Uh, and then there's the Magic Hour runs on several dates in December. I think 20th, 22nd, 15th, I think, as well. Okay. And then Unfathomable will start in January 8th, 9th. 15th, 16th, 22nd, okay. so just that and 23rd. Sort of tap, yeah, end of the first of season. Yeah, it's a very busy time for me. Actually, January is, is almost just as busy as December. Is there a slow time? Uh, yes, I would say around Easter. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. People, more people go away than. People are confused by Easter. They don't quite know what to do in terms of booking <laughs> things. And it always okay. changes the time of year. So right, yeah. when they have Easter. Yeah, I guess day, so. so. Yeah, so the they don't quite know, uh, you know when to book. Uh, but that's okay because I can have a holiday. Okay. So. <laughs> and if people want to find out more, Tony? Yes, uh, they can look at the website, which is magichourshow.com. Okay. Um, but if you just Google Magic Shows in London, you'll find there's you know, a few things around. And uh, you know, I've usually got a hand in some of them. But uh, there's some great stuff around. So look for something different. Do something alternative. And don't just you know, follow the crowd, I'd say. Very cool. Well, thank you, much for, thank you very much for your time. And uh, I'll see you very soon. Thank Thanks. you very much. Of course.